0: to Out of the Box Podcast with Rosie Tran. Guys, I'm so excited to announce that we're now on YouTube. Go on YouTube and subscribe to our channel. We're getting all the episodes there. So 100 plus episodes, be patient with me. I've gotten like some of them up, but I'm really excited. Um, Today I have a very special guest. You guys know I've been going on a crypto rampage lately, but I have someone who wrote a very inspiring book that I've seen come up a lot with everything that's going with um, BLM and everything that we've seen with the movement for racial equality, and he wrote an amazing book, Isaiah Jackson, called Bitcoin and Black America. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Oh,
1: yeah. Glad to be here. Glad to be here with you today on this platform. I'm so glad for this invite. Definitely.
0: Yes. I was so excited. I saw your book come up a few times because I follow a lot of people on Bitcoin mm-hmm. Twitter. And... Um, <laughs> It's very disheartening sometimes being one of the only women in crypto and one of the only minorities. And I was like, whoa, 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 who is this guy? And his book's called Bitcoin and Black America. So I got really excited when I just even saw your book um, because Bitcoin Twitter teams tends to be a little bit white. (laughs) Very white and
1: very male. Yes. Very male and very white.
0: And... um, that's actually one of the issues I have with it. Is sometimes I you know, will tweet about stuff and I'll have these bros, uh, these Chads, you know, attacking me. And I'm like looking at their profile, I'm like, whoa, whoa, I've been into Bitcoin since 2009. I've never, you know, what it. Attacking me as if I'm not knowledgeable, you know, or that that I'm jumping on the bandwagon. So I was really excited to see a different colored face, a different looking face in the Bitcoin space, and that was really awesome. And then I saw your book, and I thought, oh my god, I have to have him on the podcast.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you invited me because, as you said, very white, very male, and of course, if we're going to build a new financial system, we have to be diverse. If it's going to be mainstream, yes, we're have we have to be involved. So, Absolutely. might as well start early.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, and I also think that. um Bitcoin has, even though I think it's a revolutionary um, and crypto in general is a revolutionary form of um, a financial financial revolution for the entire system, it actually benefits um, people of color more because of our lack of traditional lack of access to banking. And so I want you to talk a little bit about that because I'm sure you understand um how traditional banking has discriminated and how Bitcoin is this freedom currency almost.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So especially in my community, the unbanked uh, group is about 20 to 25 percent. So a lot of uh, people in the black community do not use banks or rarely use banks, uh, as well as the racial uh, discrimination that comes with loans, that's come with housing, uh, with redlining. Uh, which is a practice where they literally drew a red line around certain areas where black people couldn't live. So we don't owe the banks anything. And a lot of the practices that they do, along with the Federal Reserve, has taken wealth out of our community and prevented us from generational wealth. And the reason I'm so adamant about Bitcoin is nobody can stop you. The barrier to entry is very low and anybody can use it. So you don't have to you know, go through these centralized systems that usually discriminate based on you know, some sort of they're, they're pretty slick with it. They, you know, they, they don't. <laughs> they, yeah, they won't say outright no black people can get loans, but they'll say, well, in this zip code, the rates are higher, even though there's no actual, you know, reason for it to be. You can have the same credit scores, same qualifications, and they still wouldn't give you a loan or help you with your business. So, in my opinion, going forward, we have to have a money system that is free of human bias and uses math and uh, the algorithm uh, security that we need in order for it to work. So, Bitcoin to me is the best solution.
0: It is. And I want to talk a little bit about you, what you just mentioned, because a lot of people might be scratching their heads saying, Mm -hmm. "Whoa, what are you talking about? And you're talking about 20 and 30 percent of uh, um, African-American black people not being banked. But worldwide, it's actually upwards of six billion people in impoverished nations. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, definitely in my home country where my parents are from in Vietnam, people still use cash and still use money orders, um, overpriced Western Union money transfers and things like that that are charging three to five percent interest because they don't have access to traditional banking. And so the average person, maybe middle class person in America who has, has access to banking may not understand that this is a huge problem.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the, the funniest part about how people describe Bitcoin, they say it's for criminals, they say it's for whatever. I think Americans are so spoiled, they don't realize there are people who need Bitcoin and once that need becomes something that it becomes a part of remittances, like you said, MoneyGram and Western Union, they've been taking so much money away from people over the years. Bitcoin is the totally opposite. So it's a lot easier to send. It's quicker and it's cheaper. This will change a lot. So you're right. I mean, in these in these communities, we definitely need
0: it. When I send you money through Bitcoin, it costs pennies. 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 And I think that's something that people need to understand. You can send a million dollars or five dollars and it's going to be a very, very tiny amount. Um, cost to to send that currency whereas when you know if i want to send money to my cousins in vietnam it's going to cost me a hefty you know more than a penny (laughs) more than a couple pennies yeah yeah (laughs) and so that's taking money and capital out of my pocket and disempowering me and disempowering my relatives Mm -hmm. living in those countries so i think that's really important for people to understand as you mentioned we're very spoiled and i think that's actually one of the reasons that america has had such a slow adoption because the usd is a little bit stronger currency but in countries like venezuela and turkey where um currency they're having currency crises due to the petrodollar and other other things um people are like jumping on to bitcoin and crypto
1: yeah and the use case is very apparent to them because they they've already gotten to a point where they don't trust their government and the fiat currency that they receive they, it's devalued. So they've seen it go away. Like I said, the U- U.S. dollar has been so strong for so many years. The Federal Reserve has been around 107 years. So pretty much nobody alive has seen our economy without it. So we trust in the U.S. dollar. The problem is when other countries don't, Bitcoin is international. So that value is going to go up wherever it's used. So absolutely. I'm with you there.
0: Exactly. And the store of value is very important because um, there's a certain amount of Bitcoin. Uh, for those of you listening who are not familiar with Bitcoin, Um, Satoshi only made a certain he or she or them, or them, (laughs) or them. (laughs) Who knows?
1: But that's actually a good thing. Nobody knows who they are. Yeah,
0: it's it's a very um it's a certain amount of coins and that's it whereas the federal reserve is just i mean they just printed 3 trillion and they continue to print
1: yeah and, and they don't lie about it they literally come <laughs> on tv and they tell you we're going to we're going to increase inflation uh, all the prices of goods are going to go up because we need to print this money and then we're going to give it to our friends who can do stock buybacks that's why our stocks are going up and we have 40 million unemployed it makes no sense so you, i mean as far as <laughs> how bitcoin works scarcity is the way to drive value definitely
0: Exactly, and so that is a great store of value for people who are concerned about the economy. But especially, like you mentioned, in minority communities, people need to learn about this technology because I there's a famous quote, and I think it's a Henry Ford quote about if people knew how bad the banking system was, they'd be rioting in the streets. And there have been um, a lot of protests and riots lately about social injustice and inequality. And Bitcoin is a solution to part of the problem because I don't think people realize how um you know people know about some of the practices you talked about redlining the um uh prejudice in issuing loans and things like that but i don't think people understand that is something that maybe a banker can look at you and be racist but i don't think people understand that the entire system itself is actually creating racial inequality
1: oh yeah absolutely and the trickle down effect or the basic distribu uh distribution of money to Federal, uh, central banks in different states, and then down to these private banks, basically creates a system where the money is given to a certain group of people, whether or not you're qualified, and that does create the racial uh, bias, and then long term, you start to have people where they feel like, well, my family worked hard, why can't you you all do it? And it's like, well, you know, things like the GI Bill. When people came back, the black people were literally kept from the GI Bill, uh, and that gave a lot of people wealth where they could buy houses, which is... The biggest source of generational wealth is real estate. And the reason it affects everybody is because inflation. Inflation kills. It literally kills your money over time. And every single fiat currency that has ever been created has died. So if you think the U.S. dollar is immune to it, you're playing yourself. It's literally just like any other fiat currency. They print it when they feel like it. If fiat currency worked, the Roman Empire would still be around today. It doesn't. It inflates the prices. It makes people over time lose their money, which is the reason why... I know personally in our community, in the black community, the median value of wealth is the same since the 1960s. And it's not as if people have stopped working hard. It's just I know when my grandfather had a job, my grandmother could stay at home and they could buy a house and they can get a car with just one job. Now you have two people working and you can barely afford rent and then barely afford, you know, some some of the goods you need. So it's inflation. Inflation kills over time. And that's how it affects everybody, because even if you feel like, well, this system is working for me, you should have more. Actually, uh, you should mm. feel like you've been stolen from because you should have more because of inflation. They've literally made your uh, your purchasing power less.
0: Not only that, but um, inflation continues to go on while the average median salary has been about the same. About the same. So mm-hmm. it's not um, it's an exponential effect, Absolutely. I would say, because the inflation is going up while the median salary is about the same. In addition to that, as you mentioned, you know, two people are working and they're still barely making ends meet let alone single moms or single parents so that is compounding actually against them Mm
1: -hmm. yep and and when you get into communities that are already uh sort of biased against or you know sort of beaten down as far as economically it's even worse i mean (laughs) it's like if we're already struggling and then you throw in inflation on top of that on top of not having as many opportunities you start to look around it's like all right we need a different solution what what can we do and we've tried everything else it's not as if black people haven't Been president, been successful, (laughs) been, uh, (laughs) they've been president, you know, they've been CEOs. We've done the work. It's not not as if black people don't work hard, as if any community doesn't work hard. It's the problem of getting ahead is damn near impossible because inflation keeps you at a certain point where the money you make over time means nothing. You can make more and it it means less. That's why burgers used to be 50 cents and now they're $3 or $4.
0: Or, and even in more, extreme example, that's why homes used to be 30 to 50,000. And now you're living in Los Angeles, and it's 500,000, 600,000, 700,000 for a two bedroom home. Mm -hmm. And so you can say, you know, supply and demand free market, but the free market is only one small aspect of I think when people say, Oh, well, free market, they don't really understand the inflationary system. Mm -hmm. And so understanding our monetary system is key to not only financial freedom, but understanding um, that system. And so what you're talking about is a revolutionary system. Um, I also get <laughs> filled, filled with rage when people say, well, Bitcoin and crypto is for criminals. It's for, you know, pedophiles and things like that. Because, again, they're not understanding not only our monetary system, but the revolution that Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is bringing. You know, there's coins out there that are allowing people to lend, do smart contracts, other things. Um I still think Bitcoin is the gold standard, but I'm really impressed and excited about some of the other technologies that are coming out um, with other coins and other altcoins. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, what Bitcoin is. I've had... um, several crypto guests but i don't know if i've ever had a bitcoin only you know your book is bitcoin in black america so i just want to explain to the average listener who may not understand what bitcoin is i still have people in my life even though i've been preaching the gospel for over 10 Mm -hmm. years now um who are like i i don't get it rosie i don't i don't get what it is so in your own words in your very clear concise uh words you've done a great job of explaining things how would you describe bitcoin and cryptocurrency to the average person who's scratching their head listening to this podcast?
1: Oh, yeah. So I will start off by describing Bitcoin as money. And if you think about money, money has three stages it starts as a store of value, it goes to a medium of exchange, and then later a unit of account. So uh, Bitcoin is money, as in uh, the fact that right now it is a great store of value, it's a medium of exchange, and it is a unit of account. So that is money. Uh, for those of you who are, you know, sort of in the dark about how Bitcoin works. It's very simple uh, once you start using it because it's literally just a digital representation of money. And because it is scarce, uh, it can be described as an asset. That is how most people may have described a digital asset. Uh, But it is the first cryptocurrency and it is something that has the ability to be sent worldwide digitally. And the fees are low simply because it is based on the network that uses it, and it is not controlled by any third party or any central bank. And anybody who is pretty confused about Bitcoin, I've always seen that once they learn about it and the light bulb goes off, they literally can't stop talking about it or they can't stop using it. <laughs> You're <describing> because, me. <laughs> yeah, because that's how I was. And it, it's crazy to me because at first people will scratch their head like, well, I kind of don't get it. And then when they start to see it, it's like, hold up. So you mean I can send money at any time of day for a low fee to anywhere in the world? Because yes. When you deal with, like you said, Western Union, MoneyGram, when you deal with uh, banks with wire fees, I mean, that's ridiculous, some of these wire fees. I mean, when you start to look at you know how things actually work versus Bitcoin, I've had people who were like, man, I can't believe I could send you know $100,000 for $0.24, cent, and it got there in, in yes. 30 minutes. And very that's
0: secure. The very most secure. Currency. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Bitcoin has never been hacked. I want to let people know that. And also, Bitcoin is divisible. So you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. That That's probably one of the biggest questions people yes, have is like, absolutely. well, it's a rich man's game now because one Bitcoin is worth a little over 9,000. Nope. Yeah, No, you can buy $1 <laughs> worth of Bitcoin. You can buy $5 worth. And the best part is they do the math for you. Uh, you don't have to do any math. People think <laughs> I need to know decimal places and I need to know division. No, it's, it's all worked out for you. Uh, so it's just a digital representation of uh, your dollar or money as it is now, and then I think in the future it will be the standard. Everything will be based off of that. Uh, hopefully one day we'll have one Satoshi, which is, you know, a uh, measurement of Bitcoin, one Satoshi equal $1. Uh, if we get to that point, I think uh, the it'll message... it be pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. it would be pretty easy there. And I think uh, one of the things people will ignore is abundance. We have so much abundance of products that get thrown away and given away. You know, we have the ability to make everything almost free like it's so it's so cheap for most stuff to get to get uh developed and and created but capitalism a lot of times makes it where if the free quote-unquote free market takes over those are prices but the free market isn't free most of these prices are manipulated. Companies can hold back; uh, they can create fake scarcity, like that right happens now. Happens with the diamond market. Happens with the diamonds because they yeah. make diamond diamonds are very plentiful, but they make it seem as though they don't have a certain amount They're rare. The, yeah. yeah, quote unquote, ra- quote unquote <laughs> rare, uh, and, and and they make it they make the prices based off of that. Same thing with gold. Uh, we they just found fake gold, I believe, in China, uh, like two billion worth. Mm-hmm. That's fake scarcity. People think, oh, it's only a certain amount of gold that you can get. Mm, you can just, if you can just create fake gold, it, it's whatever. But you can't create fake Bitcoin. That's real scarcity. It's provably scarce. There's 18 and a half million, I think, mined. Uh, 21 million total. So yes, because of the scarcity, even though it's digital scarcity, it's provable. And because you can see that anybody taking econ 101 can see that if you have a scarce asset with rising demand, the price goes up over time. And that's what we've seen since the beginning.
0: Yes. I want to mention a couple or comment on a couple of things that you said that are just so true. So I was one of those people. I, I heard about Bitcoin, believe it or not, on NPR on some obscure story. And um, I, I was one of those people. I thought cryptocurrency, cryptography, I'm not smart enough to understand this. I said, I'm not smart enough to understand this, but I want to understand this. And I kept reading everything. And I this is one of the reasons I'm so happy to have you on the podcast because you're explaining things in layman's terms because I want everyone in the world to know about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. But I got, you know, was reading a lot of the, sorry, Chad's, uh, the <laughs> white guy tech stuff on crypto. And it made me more confused. And I thought, oh my God, I'm just too dumb. I'm too dumb to understand this. And then I read Internet of Money and the way that he broke it down um, was so simple, I thought, "Oh my gosh!" And then I became a diehard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, I want to address something that you said about the, um, you know, you talked about MoneyGram, but you also talked about, you know, if you use a bank, and I, I want to explain that to the listeners because a lot of people don't realize how not only unsecure the banking system is, but how slow it is. Mm-hmm. If Right now, the electric mon- money that you send, the digital money that you send via the banking mm-hmm. system, there's two options. There's ACH and wire. And now they have Zelle or, you know, some other trash. Um, alleged yeah. immediate. Um, Zelle is garbage. But um, <laughs> ACH is automatic clearing house, And that takes three to four business days. So that is very slow. Yep. If you need immediate money you have to pay your rent or you need to send money because maybe again i'll use my example your family lives in southeast asia and there's a tsunami um three to four days sometimes can mean the difference between life or death
1: yes absolutely
0: um in addition to that when you're sending a wire transfer a lot of people don't know how this works i used to work in banking and i saw how horribly slow it was even though you're sending a wire and it's that day um the only verification and validation is happening between bank one and bank two and so that is a very um, unsecure system because a lot of people are worried about Bitcoin hacks. I've heard mm-hmm. that before. What if it gets hacked? What if I lose my money? Um, Bitcoin is validated against the entire network. Yeah. That is entire network. millions of verifications. Mm-hmm. That is why Bitcoin is so secure. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people don't really understand that how unsecure <laughs> their wires are. Yeah. But I do because I worked in banking and I had to send those wires. And it's literally just... Chase Bank or Bank of America validating that transaction. That is one and one. And so that can become hacked. And it does become hacked. Why Wire fraud is a huge problem in banking.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. And and when you get into how the banking systems, the centralized uh, ledger that they use, they have a few tricks that they use as well. Like they can reorder uh purchases in order for you to get... A, uh overdue balance. So then now you have to pay an extra $35 on mm. top of that. They also have monthly fees. They also have, of course, the wire fees we talked about before. They have dollars on each side. That's exactly. Not yeah, pennies. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, and it's like, what what are we paying for? You literally just change the numbers in the ledger. On it's a not ledger, even... Yes. That's it. And then now we have a national coin shortage. I try to get coins to wash clothes. They only were like, well, we can only give you $10 worth. It's like, how are you a bank and you don't have money anymore? I mean, and then fractional reserve banking. Uh, the fact, uh, what that is, is... Banks only have to, they used to only have to have 3% of the money that they claimed on the books in cash. That number now is 0%. They don't have to have any cash in the bank. Very scary. But in your bank account, you can say, oh, yeah, I got $10,000. But if you go in and try and take out $10,000, good it's luck. You got to have an interview. You gotta, and they probably don't have it. I have a friend that tried to take out 3000 And they were like, well, we can only give you 700 today. Like, so that's why those so
0: artificial limits are set. Or, artificial or, limits for example, are 500 at the ATM. Or 500 something.
1: at the ATM. Exactly. Because they don't have the money. They just don't have the money. And that's the one thing about Bitcoin is whenever— It's always it, there. It's always there. <laughs> it, it, it's not like if, if I have the money, I can send it. It's, it's no centralized bank that's like, well, we're going to distribute it, which to me is fake scarcity. They try to make it you know, basically like, well, we can't do it because of whatever arbitrary rules they come up with. But, yeah, you can. You just print it $3, 5000000000000 trillion, however much they print it. Yeah, you out just of thin air. out of thin air. Yeah, you can. You can just type the numbers into it. And that's all it takes. So yes, it's a very different system. And I think the only thing holding people back is the education, which is why I'm glad we're doing this. Because once people see that they're kind of like, well, then why is the banking system even here, even here? <laughs> well, they support politicians, they print money, they give it to politicians, and then the politicians lobby for them to get things like the TARP bill out. In uh, 2008, which at this point is, I think, is about 14 trillion worth of worth of bailout money to banks to continue doing what they were doing before. To b-
0: continue the racket. Yeah. Um, I want to zero in on something you said that's very important about just them printing out of thin air. Because I, one of the number one arguments I hear when people have attacked uh, Bitcoin cryptocurrency or myself when I tweet stuff out is, well, it's how can Bitcoin have any value? It's not backed by anything. <laughs> and that makes me want to pull my hair out backed because
1: by anything. <laughs> they
0: they do not understand that it is backed by people. It is backed mm-hmm. by democracy mm-hmm. versus our fiat currency, which is literally backed by absolutely nothing. Nothing.
1: Not even. Uh, I mean, we got off the gold standard in 1971. And Thank you Nixon <laughs> yeah th- thanks a lot Nixon uh, <laughs> we appreciate your service but uh, yeah after the uh, Bretton Woods agreement where we where China caught call they called our bluff China said okay well we're getting these loans based off of your quote- unquote gold reserves. Uh, let's see how much gold you got, and we were like, mm, no, nah, let's not, <laughs> let's not, let's not, let's not do that. So uh, we didn't want to do the audit, and we just went off of the gold reserve, started printing fiat currency. And we just was like, well, we'll just print it. We'll keep, uh, you know, qu- what something called quantitative easing, where we'll basically ease this money into the economy at a point where you know it won't get too crazy. They can control it. They can, they literally can control the economy based on how much money is given out, how many loans are given out. Uh, so, yeah, that started in 1971. And when people say Bitcoin is not backed by anything, the consensus of your dollar is only based on the fact that when I give you a dollar, you can give it to somebody else. But that's forced consensus. They force you to accept this money. Bitcoin is consensus among people who want to use it. So if I give you Bitcoin and you realize Bitcoin's better, so can I pay somebody else? That's how you get the a circular economy with money. That's how money works because it's not no money is backed by anything. Gold is exactly. not the it's standard. A it's, about, it's a metal. Like, what is gold backed by? You know what I mean? They found more gold in, in other places all the time. And even when people say, what is it backed by? It's people. People use it. The consensus of people to use it is what it's backed by because that's how you start to get things like uh, Fortnite bucks. What is Fortnite bucks backed by? The people who use it. Everybody who uses
0: But also, Fortnite, I you know? unfortunately, I think that that just shows the lack of education around finances because yeah. and education around economics because... You know, for many, many years, we used salt as money. Yeah, we yeah. have used different coins or stones as money. So yep. every money that ever existed was backed by nothing. It was backed by people saying this is now a currency. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when and then when certain regimes fell, new currency became issued. Absolutely. And so, currency has never been backed by anything. But I think Bitcoin is actually the most powerful currency because um, those currencies that I mentioned were backed by certain regimes, like you mentioned, the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, in our you know our government uh the venezuelan government the you know mexican government whatever but this is backed by the entire world mm-hmm. because of the decentralized nature nat- nature of it Absolutely. and so i think this may bitcoin may be the most powerful and strong currency that's ever existed
1: oh yeah and it's unconfiscatable that's the biggest thing everything issued by government they can take it back i mean they did it before in the 30s or the 20s when there was a the great depression everybody had to turn in their gold it
0: just happened two and, years
1: ago in India. and that just yeah I was, it just happened in other countries that people don't understand is like u.s is spoiled because we think it can't happen to us you look at other countries like it's happening right now what do y'all what, what, what are you even confused about was because it the rupee, I think, uh the it was rupee a, yes it was one of the rupees yeah. yep and and what they started doing was uh if you had over a certain amount of cash you had to turn it into the bank because they didn't have it and then you couldn't take out a certain amount and it, it uh, that could easily happen here because think about with covid happening mm. banks just art artific- they just shut down it would be like one bank open per however many square miles and when you showed up they could literally say oh the atms don't work so then what are you going to do i mean at that point so you have to have a plan b bitcoin i think is that plan b and of course anybody can use it anybody can send it and it's never going to be taken away there's from no somebody. racial
0: lines there's no color lines None. there's mm-hmm. no lines on sex gender anything it's just based on math it's very um clean currency Mm -hmm. there's there's no first time ever
1: (laughs) (laughs) everything else has always got some sort of bias but this is for the first time it's not built on
0: the the backs of the poor it's not it's just code Mm -hmm. it's just code
1: absolutely thank you satoshi (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes. Whoever you are. Whoever
1: you are. Yeah. Or they are. There's, yes. yeah,
0: there's a theory that it's multiple people. Yeah. Um, So I started seeing your book pop up a lot um, during the Black Lives Matter um, protests. I saw your, I wasn't following you, but I think because of my algorithm, the Twitter algorithm, you were <laughs> showing up on my timeline. And I'm like, hey, what's going on over here? Mm-hmm. And so you believe, and also I believe actually, that um, Bitcoin is a form of peaceful protest against the corporate banks, against the racist system of the corporate banks. Um, Talk a little bit more about that.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. So after the George Floyd incident, one of the things we saw was uh, the amount of people protesting and rioting in the streets. Um, Unfortunately, I'm 31 years old and I'm kind of tired of seeing that without anything following it up because Mm -hmm. I've seen this before. And I can only imagine people who were around during the Civil Rights Movement who have seen this over and over.
0: They're like I'm done with this. Yeah, it's like
1: I, okay, we marched, everybody was mad, it was you know clashes. Okay, now now what? And there hasn't really been a clear cut economic solution uh, after that. When the smoke clears, there has to be something more. And one of the things that the protests I saw were people with signs saying you know Google Bitcoin in Black America. There was a guy out here in L.A. that spoke about Bitcoin at a protest. And I think what's happening now is a change of mindset is. People are protesting, but they're like, "What's the next step?" It has to be economic. Nobody cares about you unless you do one of two things: it's either money or violence. That's how you deal with a bully. Mm. It's only it's, so if violence is not the way, which it, it really isn't, because how many people are just gonna go out and start killing people, bankers? whatever That's not gonna happen. So it has to be money. And if you want an example, uh, just on a you know kind of surface level, is all of these companies when they felt like they would lose money without saying Black Lives Matter, they started saying it. I really don't think most of these companies give a shit about black people. But they put Black Lives Matter and they will put it on their store. They'll put the signs up. They'll put out a statement. They don't want to be the they one ha-
0: socially unconscious company. E-
1: exactly, because they would lose money. Starbucks flip flop how many times? Like back and forth. Because <laughs> uh, they want to make sure they don't lose money. Because You it's,
0: can't use the bathroom if you're black. Just uh, kidding. Black Lives uh, yeah,
1: Matter. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you can't wear Black Lives Matter app- apparel. Oh, okay. Now you can't. Like They flip flop for that reason, and everybody's putting out these statements, in my opinion, because. They understand that they could lose money. So, if you think about that on a broader view, if you can say the entire system could lose money, if we could slowly, as a peaceful protest, you can do it from your house, from the couch. If you're lazy, you don't even have to. You don't have to march anywhere. <laughs> You could literally just start moving your, <laughs> your, your money. money into crypto. Just start Bitcoin. moving your money into Bitcoin because uh, <laughs> one of the things people don't understand is slowly moving your savings, 401ks, things like that, you know, of that nature into Bitcoin as a savings account, which has been great for me the last seven, eight oh, years. Yeah. Don't even, as a yeah. savings account, nothing's even close. So if you can just slowly move your money out of that system into Bitcoin, that is the best form of peaceful, peaceful protest because to me, if you're a community that needs leverage, which is the only thing that matters in business. Uh, negotiations Which this is All this is it's Business negotiation With the government Or the powers that be You need leverage Nobody goes into A business meeting With nothing to offer Because we They're basically like, Well we don't need you here And that's where I feel Like black people are They're like well You can complain And cry And protest And say all you want But we don't really Need you here Economically We, you, we gotta flex a little bit You gotta have Some sort of leverage Where you're like Well we'll exit this system We'll use a different economy And then not only us But people around the world Will if the Federal Reserve and these central bankers don't get it together, we will exit. That leverage, at the very least, will make them change their practices. It may not be a total revolution, anarchy, we go straight Bitcoin, cryptocurrency for life. But at the very least, they have to change their practices because you can say to them, look, we will leave if we have to. And in my opinion, the only thing that works is being able to go all the way with it. If you mm-hmm. if you're constantly saying, well, I I, I want to follow you know y'all's regulations and use your money system, but please just don't do this to us. They're just gonna laugh at you. I mean, literally. And they, they're gonna keep doing that that it. That it's
0: financially beneficial to them.
1: Exactly. And to me, it's it's uh, it's kind of weak as hell to to keep asking over and over. Like I said, I'm 31 and I'm tired of it. So I can only imagine people 50, 60, 70. Still begging constantly capital, begging to, to, to treat us as humans. Like yeah. at this point, no, 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 we need to take it. And I think the best form to do that is to move into a different money system completely at the very least, for leverage. So, yes, as peaceful protest, I think Bitcoin is the best solution. And like I said, you don't have to leave the house. You can sit at, can sit at home. <laughs> I have lazy cousins and friends who, they're like, all right, I'm never going to protest. I'm never going to go out in the street and actually do something. Well, then just buy some Bitcoin. You just you literally just took some money out, out of, of out of the system. Because, out of the system. I mean, when you look at what your money funds, uh, it funds war, it oh. funds uh, all types of programs that I mean we fund our own terror. That in the black community we talk about policing and we fund our own terror, literally. We pay taxes to people who pay the police who literally are the ones who are terrorizing us, which is why you're protesting. So why would you want to use that money system anymore? Should be should be pretty simple. But I think it's so simple it's tough because people are like, Well we we can actually do something about it. It's like yes. Now we have this solution.
0: I think a lot of people it's a lack of education and yes. I'm I'm really excited too that you as a black man are speaking because I think that you're well spoken. You're you sound very educated and knowledgeable, and I'm sure you are. And that needs to be glamorized, mm-hmm. you know. The glamorization of you know the ghetto black man, I think, mm-hmm. needs to stop, and and the education needs to start because this is amazing, and this is the type of information that's revoli- going to revolutionize your community and our community.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, and I wish you there because I feel like in the black community, we're, we're one of the only communities where the perception of our entire community is based off of.
0: The, the lowest common
1: yeah 20 and 30 year olds and, and i mean i know black people are popular rappers popular as athletes but they are like 20 30 years old like they sh- that shouldn't be the onus of the whole community because there's a lot of like, older black Obama? people what about john lewis what about exactly Rest john, in peace. john lewis Rest What about in peace of john all these lewis amazing exactly black leaders, yeah. i mean if you ask somebody right now name three black economists they probably couldn't name me one and that's the problem is those are the people we should be listening to but in media which is another reason why i wrote the book bitcoin is perceived in the media mm-hmm wrong and lied about much like black people have been and i was like well, you should see the the similarities because when they talk about bitcoin they talk about criminals, criminals and rapist. drugs rapists pedophiles <laughs> people i mean the, the recent bitcoin scam uh, or a recent scam with twitter yes. they call it a bitcoin scam it's like no it, it was just bitcoin a bitcoin
0: was hacked bitcoin It wasn't hack, Yeah, it was just
1: a scammer who wanted to use Bitcoin. They
0: hacked Twitter, okay, not Bitcoin. If if
1: anything, that showed you how valuable Bitcoin is. They could have done anything with those accounts, and they chose to get Bitcoin. They didn't ask for gold. They didn't ask for wire transfers. They didn't go into DMs and try and uh, you know yeah try you know blackmail somebody. So that just shows you how valuable it is. But yeah, I I see those similarities, and in my opinion, the the bad things that have been said about uh, black people in, in Bitcoin is only because of the media sh- trying to shed light on something where people would be scared. And then you're fearful of the unknown. It's not like there's anything happening to you. People just don't know. And you're right. The educational portion needs to happen, which is why I'm doing my part.
0: And it's awesome. It's absolutely amazing. Um, like I said, I love I love that you're representing not only for a community, but also to explain things in layman's terms. I'm I'm telling you reading some of these white guy programmers, sorry guys. I was scratching my head for a year and a half and and actually, that was one of, I take personal responsibility because I, sh- I should have reached out for more information, but that was something that kept me away from investing earlier. Um, and as you know, back in 2009, 2010, it was a, a steal um, yeah, if, was I if I would have gotten um, involved. Um, so one of the things that I actually love, though, about all the jargon and about all of the... Um, the tech part of crypto is that I feel like the U S government and all the old white guys in government still haven't really figured out what it is. Yeah. And so that's a good
1: thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) They've heard of it, but they still don't really, they
0: still don't really really know what it is. And so I think that's kind of an awesome thing um, for it because what's happening is mainstream adoption is coming faster and faster. And so regulation therefore will become slower and slower. I do not think that the U S government or any entity will be able to fully um, regulate Bitcoin and crypto the way they want to. Which is control and power, um, but I think that the the lack of understanding is actually delaying that even further. So I think that's a good thing because the more mainstream adoption, the harder is it is for them to be able to do anything towards it. I know China tried a little bit in the mid. Um, uh, 2015, I believe it was. They were trying to ban mining, and then ban, and then they, they kept
1: banning it over and over. And then they nobody, kept banning it. Nobody couldn't. believed them anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, yeah, the boy who cried wolf. It's like, all right, you banned it 17 times in a year. They it's, did. It, they banned
0: it like a lot. A
1: lot, and yeah. everybody's like, okay. Well, China ban is is fake. They literally <laughs> are just putting this news out to make you not want to buy it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was, and uh, fun th- times. There
0: was a lot of actually miscommunication from China because, um uh. China really does want to control their currency and and their message with their currency. And so there was a lot of fake news from China saying things and promoting that fear um, storyline around Bitcoin about the hacks, Bitcoin getting hacked and pedophiles and all this other stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they had to do that because (laughs) if you're scared of something or if something is, uh, is valuable and it could take over your industry, you have to do it. But yeah, it's just par for the course. Bitcoin doesn't stop. Call it the honey badger for a reason.
0: It's died, quote unquote. How many times? A thousand times.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how many people I've talked to about Bitcoin. And they'll be like, "Hey, what happened with the Bitcoin thing?" Like I heard it's all it, right. I heard it went away. It's like, what do you mean it went away? Like, <laughs> stop getting you. You know, a lot of people's news they get it from the same source, and they keep hearing people who don't know what they're talking about talk about it. So
0: oh, that drives me crazy. Yeah, yeah I, I I love it, and I'm I'm actually a big fan of um, John Oliver, who's a a personality on HBO, and his Bitcoin episode was one of the worst. I don't know if you saw it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Representations. And I, we, I,
1: we were laughing because it was uh, so bad. It was, was so lying, bad. This is this is how mainstream media thinks? We got a long way to go.
0: I felt I feel like he's a very intelligent um, comedic personality, and I felt like he had a chance to really educate mm-hmm. and really um, help people to understand what this was, and I, I, I felt that the episode was probably one of the worst he's ever done, and I really would hope that. Um, I have a lot of comedian friends. Some of them are writers on the show. I hope one of them listens to this and says, John, we need to redo the Bitcoin episode. Oh, yeah.
1: And I think they, they have a time limit a lot of times of when they can write it. Mm-hmm. So to me, it sounded like somebody who just literally looked up the first articles they saw about Bitcoin. And
0: like then the had about it, Ellen in there. I was yeah, like, what is this?
1: <laughs> yeah. And they based it off of that, which I think, you know, Google's SEO, they pushed the top news sites stories to the top. So even if they're incorrect, they still are at the top. So I feel like they probably saw that and then based it off of that wrote it and then was like well this must be correct but then real bitcoin people all watched and was like what the hell is this i don't <laughs> this is, has nothing to do with it and of course you know they had to make it comedic so when you're on a time limit as a comedian yeah. you know gotta you got to get it out you got to make it funny yeah and making fun of it wasn't the problem it was just a lot of it was just inaccurate so it was misinformation i mean hey if john oliver if there are any writers listening if you need some help i can give you the bitcoin <laughs> information you all can make it funny uh we can go from there it's, it's so much funny stuff that happens in
0: bitcoin you probably could
1: get a movie out of it i think somebody is writing a movie about there's it, so. so
0: well i'm scared that movie is going to be completely i'm scared Trash. but yeah, um I've actually been really, really impressed and really proud of the Bitcoin meme community. Yes,
1: absolutely. <laughs> top one, top one, easily, is nobody beating a Bitcoin meme because we've literally meme things into existence. Oh, my God. And, the Bitcoin uh,
0: meme community is awesome. And,
1: and you even have Elon Musk. He just put up a Dogecoin meme this morning. I know. I just yeah, retweeted like, it. Yeah. It, it's just like, it doesn't stop. I mean, we've literally become a part of, I think it was Yahoo Finance. They had like a... Uh, uh Dogecoin meme when it first pumped on TikTok mm-hmm. and they were using like a Dogecoin, you know, like uh I forget the, the Is way it Doge he's talk- or
0: Doggycoin? I I'm not sure. I always said Dogecoin <laughs> Nobody ever knows.
1: because I, that's how I heard it when I was described but then some <laughs> people say doggy coins say <laughs> because Dogecoin. it's a dog, right? It's a picture Exactly. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it, even the way it started. I remember when it first started, when Jackson Palmer first developed it and like two thousand sixteen I remember reading about it laughing and then they like funded the Jamaican bobsled team. <laughs> And it was just, like, a bunch of weird stuff. So I've always had some just because, you know, I mean, I just thought it was fun. But, yeah, it, memes are perhaps the best part of the community. I mean, I don't I don't think there's too many other communities on Twitter, especially where memes are so adamant.
0: I think the Bitcoin meme, meme community and the crypto meme community, they have brought me to tears laughing. And yeah. I'm really proud of them because um, a lot of the memes are not only funny, but they're educational.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they... They make sense to people who are not going to read your book or read your article. (laughs) But if you have a quick meme and people are like, like the one, uh, the Chad meme that goes around all the time, like about how, you know, certain crypto people will buy Ripple and then the Chad will keep buying Bitcoin or whatever whatever (laughs) it is. People start saying it's like, oh, so that's what that means. You know what I mean? Like it, it just makes sense more than, you know, a lot of writings, I think.
0: Uh, a few more things. Um, let's talk about scams. Mm-hmm. So one of the reasons a lot of people are scared to invest in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, unfortunately, in 2017, when um, Bitcoin went almost to 20,000, uh, did it reach 20? Uh, I was close. It I think it was like 19-something. Like, 19, 19 19 yeah. um, a, a lot of people um, became interested in Bitcoin, obviously, because of that huge price shoot and became interested in it. And then um, a lot of altcoins also got some... Um, some media attention as well and along with that came um some bad icos um and some scam coins including the famed bitconnect,
1: <laughs> bitconnect. <laughs> one of my favorite <laughs> names of all time the bitconnect meme. Yep.
0: um and so some people are like well how do i know that bitcoin is not a scam because bitconnect went on for for a, a couple years and other coins and people you know i'm scared what okay. what should i how can i tell because look what happened Oh, yeah. And well, I had friends that lost money. I'm not saying me personally, but I know people who have told me, Rosie, I've had friends that lost money.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, the same way the Nigerian dude that sent you the email for <laughs> $100,000 in USD. Do you call USD a scam? Do you call the dollar a scam? No, it's not a dollar scam. It's not a Bitcoin scam. It's a scammer who uses what they think is valuable. And if the dollar is more valuable to them, they use that. If Bitcoin's more valuable, that's what they use. And that's what BitConnect was. It was a scam site, pyramid scheme, whatever you want to call it, that used Bitcoin. And people did lose money on it. It was something that I spent the first two years of my consulting firm trying to tell people not to invest in. Most people wouldn't believe me. They were like, no, I'm making money. And I was like, all right, withdraw it. And they were like, Well, I'm not going to withdraw it. I'm going to wait until I them. want I my
0: like, interest, quote unquote. Exactly.
1: And that's how I said that's how they get you. It's just numbers on the screen. Now, when I tell people that, I'm like, now what do you think the banks are doing? It's just numbers on the screen. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. So scam-wise, scams to me are things that are maliciously, the malicious intent is for you to keep investing even though the money that you're getting is either not real because you can't take it out, um, which with banks that's starting to happen, it's it's just numbers on the screen if you can't take it all out at once. And then the same thing with Connect, same thing. People thought they were gaining interest. And then one day when you're like, all right, well, let me withdraw. And they were like, mm, can't do it. And he's like, well, I really don't have any money. So with scams, I've done presentations around the country. I've, there were other ones like Coin-C, uh OneCoin, um, let's see, uh, USI Tech. Uh, yeah, BitConnect was another big one. There's a few scams that have went around, but I just want people to realize, like, look, if somebody scams you with USD, you don't say it's a dollar scam. You exactly. say it's a scammer who uses the dollar. Same thing with Bitcoin. If somebody and uses that, they just use Bitcoin.
0: Also, I want to say that the scams actually, I believe, were a good thing because mm-hmm. what happened is um, – some more government oversight, which I, I am not super pro-government oversight, but some government overs- oversight did occur in the ICO market, yeah. and so that is actually legitimizing mm-hmm. and, and um, because now people have to go through some more regulations to issue their ICOs. Um, there's a new uh, product called STO, which is Securitized to- Token Offering. And those are approved by the SEC, SEC, Securities Exchange Commission. So those are very secure. So if you're interested in doing investments through an STO, um, those are verified and and um, not an issue. So I just I'm just saying that I I'm not pro government regulation because of what we've talked about with the racism and things like that. However, in this case, I think government regulation is bringing more legitimacy to Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. So a little bit regulation, I think, in the market is a good thing. Um, I yeah, do
1: some of those ICOs are crazy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> some
1: of those were just ridiculous. 2017 was a great year though.
0: It was a great year. I'm very, I'm very happy that 2017 happened. Um, we did very well um, in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, and I'm very blessed that I was so interested in it very early on, and I'm just evangelizing across the country <laughs> about it. You and me both. <laughs> um so so that's that's a question that I hear a lot, people saying that. Um, you mentioned something when we first started about Bitcoin and the black church, and I'm interested to hear what your take on was that.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. So in the book, I mentioned uh, Bitcoin, the black church. I'm not religious myself. However, I do realize that in the black community, 85 percent of black people attend some sort of religious service at least once a week. Mm-hmm. Usually in the south, where I'm from, is uh, Baptist churches, Ami, Zion, whatever, whatever your religion is. That's not the biggest issue. The issue is these churches have been there for years. And there hasn't been any real change to the neighborhoods that they're in. Mm -hmm. And they've done everything. They've tried to provide housing for some people. Um, They've tried uh, to give money away, you know, as far as food, done some, you know, prison visits and giving away stuff to kids. Like they've done small stuff. But if you want a real change, in my opinion, you have to accumulate assets uh, as a church that can be distributed amongst the community in order to actually help it. Mm -hmm. So donations in Bitcoin, in my opinion, is similar to how the Catholic Church They began accumulating real estate, gold, and all sorts of things where to the point they're so big, uh, they really can't be touched. And if you go to the Vatican... You can see how vast vast the Catholic Church uh, empire is. And then it stretches all around the country. And they're able to support themselves economically because they don't have to worry about money. They don't have to worry about the donations. Exactly. And the donations to them is, I mean, when Notre Dame uh, burned down, they got $500 and or whatever it was in two days. Like it took no time because of the wealth they had already built. And I think donating Bitcoin uh, in the black church is literally just a QR code on the back of the envelope, back of the flyer. Somewhere in the church, um, if you're already 501c3 uh, certified, which is for uh, any nonprofit, you can actually accept Bitcoin right now very easily. And you can store it as a store of value or you can do sort of another solution I have, establish a node, you know, cast a node, open node. It's literally plug and play. And if we have a network of churches, black churches around. Uh, that can share they, that wealth. That can literally share that wealth, and you can actually see an increase in assets over time. And in my opinion, when you have that um, going forward, you actually have a economic base for what the future is going to be. Because if people that I've told about it, usually they're like, well, in the future we'll do it. And, if you, and I'm like, no, you need to start now. Yes. Because you would rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. So. That's why I talk about the black church, because only because they are the economic base for a lot of places. I grew up in a lot of rough neighborhoods. It would be one hospital, two restaurants, but it'd be eight churches on the street. And it's like, well, all right, well, if you all are the economic base, people are giving you 10% of their income yearly, why is this why are you all not the standard and going forward? You're
0: tithing you can, that money and that money should be used to help the community.
1: Exactly. Yes. And I think if that money was in Bitcoin, it's transparent. So you don't have these preachers that are taking it and buying themselves benzes Buy and, and roses. And the Rose <laughs> Royce. Exactly. It's transparent. So we can see exactly where the money's going. And then also you even with blockchain technology, you have a voting system within a church where basically you can vote on where the money goes and it's not just And it can't be released until deacons. it's voted. Exactly. Yes. And it's not just seven deacons and a pastor making a decision for the you know, three hundred people that go there. So all of that encourages transparency it keeps the open finance system and then as far as bitcoin goes itself we all know value wise i think we all think long-term bitcoin's value is going to increase so why not have bitcoin as a as a store of value for these communities
0: that is amazing that is one of the most um powerful and empowering ways i think to use bitcoin Mm -hmm. um and it's scary what you said there's actually a vacant lot about less than a mile away from my house where you are right now And it's owned by the Catholic Church and it's been owned and pending. And I'm like, because we were looking at it. We're like, what is this vacant lot? And it's owned by the Catholic Church. So you're right. There's a lot of wealth that's hidden in that way. And because it's a nonprofit, it can be used for power and control. And that's why the Vatican and the Catholic Church had power for so many years because of that financial wealth. You also mentioned something you said, you know, they've done a little prison outreach. And I think it's very important for black men in general to learn about um, Bitcoin and what you're talking about, because 80% of crimes are financially related. They're due to poverty. They're due to theft. Yep. They're due to other financial reasons. Um, they're nonviolent crimes, um, but they're associated with some type of financial aspect. So either, like I said, mentioned theft or even um, drugs for financial gain or purposes. And so this is goes back to what you originally mentioned when you uh, began the podcast with me, which is that, it, that it inequality. And so that, that inequality and that lack of access Is leading to you know, in addition to the policing system and other things like that, is leading to um, the black incarceration. And so, Bitcoin is a freedom from that because you have that store of value. You have that anyone can access it.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, one of the people who I've helped mentor, uh, he was he was a felon. um, And one of the things I've always said is, if if it's nonviolent and it's something related with drugs or something like that, to me they're just businessmen who sold the wrong product. And a lot of them yes. are extremely smart, and the only problem was that they sold a product that was available to them where they grew up at. Because I grew up in the same areas, there is not much else you can sell, and it was illegal. A you're yeah, right. and they're business. It literally is. And then when you factor in the fact that sometimes it's weed, which you know where I grew up at it was illegal, but here it's legal. It's kind of weird. It's like all right, you're in jail, but somebody here could easily make a a, li- a fortune off of it. So it's kind of it's always been weird to me that that was. Given to people as a felony, but I had a friend that was a felon, and the ability the ability for him to start a cooking company and to accept Bitcoin, he was able to accept Bitcoin as payment, and of course the value went up over time. He made money, but also the decentralized finance system. Uh, people get out of jail with felonies a lot of times in the black community. It's very tough to re-enter the working market, to re-enter into the banking industry. It's damn near impossible to get a loan. So with decentralized finance, you can start a business, you can earn Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Doesn't matter. And then you can you can actually get a cash loan based off of your crypto collateral. So Mm -hmm. let's say, for instance, you get out of jail, you sell food like my friend did. He made $10,000 worth of Bitcoin, uses that as collateral to get a $5,000 cash loan to buy a food truck, takes the food truck, ends up making $100,000 a year off of it leverage and it took them less than three years for that to happen and that's the thing that is amazing how else what other system would that happen in uh you know it, it's possible but with the decentralized finance or with a bitcoin system there's nobody keeping you from making money anymore there's literally no one that's holding literally you back. nothing holding you back it's and an algorithm. exactly so <laughs> the mistakes that were made before with you know the hundred to one Sentencing that a lot of black people were getting uh, between crack and cocaine, even though people, everybody does drugs, but for some reason, black people are going to jail for longer. Mm -hmm. Uh, All of that can be sort of reversed financially because you can actually make more money in a faster amount of time. That's what technology affords us. That's why time is of the essence. And a lot of what was missed, what was taken away out of our community, can be made back, you know, in a pretty standard time. You know what I mean? You can't always take it back. But yeah, I I think uh, the Bitcoin system. You've seen it firsthand how there's no barrier to entry. There's nobody holding you back. There's nobody in Bitcoin. It doesn't matter what they say. It, it, they can say, oh, well, we don't like you because of whatever.
0: You're like, too bad. It doesn't
1: matter. Uh, <laughs> my Bitcoin is mine. I own these keys. <laughs> you just got to uh, take that one and sit with it. So, yeah, it's very possible for, for that to happen, whereas nowadays the inequality quality From the the system we have now is just, you know. Well, what you mentioned,
0: you said, yeah, it can happen through the traditional system, but it's going to take longer. It's going to be harder. And if you're Mm -hmm. a felon, it's going to be really hard because that judgment against you, that check check box Mm -hmm. um, when you put in for a bank loan that you were a felon or whatever. Whereas Bitcoin, no one cares because it's Satoshi's an anonymous person. It belongs to the people. Mm -hmm. So it truly is a democratized form of capitalism. It truly is the financial revolution. And it truly is not for scammers and child molesters and whatever. It's for yeah. anyone and everyone, and it it really is the people's money. I think that's what's so amazing about it, and and good for your friend and your mentor for doing that because right. that's just a, a story that shows that anyone using this decentralized system can pull themselves up. And I think that is really empowering. When people ask me, I have a lot of friends that say, "Well, Bitcoin is um at nine thousand right now. It's already too late for me." You know, uh, when people ask me, "Should I invest in Bitcoin? Should I put money in Bitcoin or cryptocurrency?" I do always tell them the best time to invest in crypto was yesterday.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> I always say the same thing. <laughs> exactly. when, was the, when should I start? It? Yesterday. yesterday. Um, mm-hmm.
0: But yesterday's gone. So the best time it really is today.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. Just want to reiterate that. And for people who. You don't
0: need the $9,100. Yeah, you
1: don't need the $9,100 right now. And there are people who literally argue me that I should buy a smaller coin because it costs less. And I was like, no that, you
0: can just buy a less you can of just portion of bitcoin <laughs> a less portion of
1: bitcoin because as much as people want to chase the pumps of altcoins or whatever in my opinion bitcoin is just getting started there we haven't even scratched the surface uh, of where it could go it's less than 200 billion dollar market cap as we speak now uh, going forward we've seen bitcoin reach almost twenty thousand before with way less demand now mm-hmm. so imagine when that demand go i think we'll go to at least six if not seven figures and that to me is will be a movement of gold bugs who want to move their money to a real store value along with uh the tech people who want to move their money into it and then the governments who don't have a choice if they want an actual scarce uh uh asset where, yeah where they can actually um have a unit of value of against it bitcoin is the best and i think there are countries gearing up to do that it'll take some time but yeah i think bitcoin's just getting started and we got a long way to go as far as price i mean i think usd price is going to be an afterthought after a while i mean
0: what you mentioned is so profound because, I, I, like I mentioned, I have a lot of people saying, oh, I missed the boat. It's too late. And when you say Bitcoin is just getting started, um, I want all of you listeners who uh, are listening right now to think about you may just be hearing about Bitcoin. You may have some money in Bitcoin and have just heard about it in the past few years. Now imagine all of your friends who have not heard about it. Mm-hmm. Now imagine all of your friends who don't know what it is. Now imagine that there's over 7.5 billion people And currencies collapsing as we speak. Every day. That is, and we're going into a recession, and the U.S. government and the fiat currency is proving every day with this recession and this virus that it is not reliable. That is the potential of Bitcoin. That is the potential of people putting money into Bitcoin and investing into Bitcoin. So when you say we're just getting started, you mean we're just getting started
1: literally it's only been 11 years uh since that's <laughs> since crazy. First, uh, i mean it seems like it seems like 30 uh you know you been if you're in this industry long enough it seems like forever but yeah it's only been 11 years and like i said the federal reserve is 107 years old yeah. uh bitcoin is 11 years old and you know as far as development goes it's a it's a tech tech-based currency so it's going to develop a lot faster and it's going to scale up a lot quicker than people think so 11 years is nothing but we could be looking you know 10 years from now and totally different money and financial jargon simply because bitcoin takes over like i said satoshi one satoshi may be one dollar one day um
0: and not just that but you mentioned you know and, and i mentioned as well is that people don't understand what it is but once they do they i have never evangelized about the dollar
1: ever nobody's ever went out you know how great the dollar is you got to make some money it's like "Ah." yeah whatever but yeah
0: i mean people that are into bitcoin and crypto it's like a cult they're like you have to look at this (laughs) right but i have never felt that way about the traditional banking system Mm -hmm. and so not only um are is it a revolution but the revolutionaries are very 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 passionate
1: Mm -hmm. yeah because they're some of the smartest people in the world and a lot of times people don't realize is if you have this amount of smart people telling you that something works, you should probably listen. And then when you do, you're like, yeah, they, it, this really does I'm glad work.
0: you mentioned that. I'm glad you mentioned that because for people who don't understand um, Bitcoin or cryptocurrency, that's the one thing I always say. I always say, I said, even if you don't know anything about the financial system, even if you don't want to learn about how they fucked us over with the Fed, they fucked us over with the gold standard, they fucked us over with fiat currency, even if you don't care about any of that stuff, all you have to know is that the smartest people... Mm-hmm on Silicon in Silicon Valley, in the number one industry, which is technology, and the smartest people on Wall Street mm-hmm. are all moving into the crypto space. That's all you need to know. Exactly. So even if you're not you don't think you're smart enough or you don't think we're smart, the smartest people in the entire world in Wall Street and Silicon Valley are moving towards crypto. There are Goldman Sachs executives <laughs> who were making millions and left to work at Bitcoin and crypto startups Absolutely. for nothing.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I that's a, how passionate they are. I have a client is former CTO of a very large bank, uh, one of the top three banks in America. Former CTO, he's all in on crypto. We all actually in. just had a discussion last week, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm not going back." He was he like, I, "I understand this is the future." And he was in banking long enough to know how much bullshit went in banking. So I'm telling so much, you, so I'm bull. telling you, like the the mindset of a lot of people who don't have money or don't understand it is well it must be for smart people must be for, and it's like well they're moving into the industry because they realize everybody's going to use it exactly. so as far as what your perception of what smart is you don't have to be a genius to understand how it works like i always like i kind of describe in my book is like you don't need to know how to change the carburetor and uh, change your uh, timing belt in order to drive a car. You just need to know the basics. Exactly. And you can use Bitcoin just fine. The people who are building for the future, yeah, they may need to know that stuff, but they're moving into this industry for a reason.
0: Exactly. And so that's what I say always when people are like, well, I'm not smart enough to understand it. I said, well, do you trust the smartest people in the world?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, because if you use Google, if you use the iPhone, those are the smartest people right now. You trust them. Imagine it, getting yeah.
0: into Google when it just started. Exactly. Imagine, imagine getting into Facebook when it first started. Mm-hmm. This is what... Uh, bitcoin is you're getting in on the ground floor um i do believe it could be a million dollars a coin Mm -hmm. i don't know when but i think it's inevitable um speaking of a million dollars a coin i was watching a couple of your podcast episodes and i saw that you guys had john mcafee on
1: the podcast (laughs) mcafee (laughs) um mcafee
0: just as a person so he was notorious for um tweeting if bitcoin is not at a million i will eat my dick yes
1: Oh, yeah. We, <laughs> December of this year is when that, that bet is supposed to happen.
0: <laughs> I will eat my own dick. Mm-hmm. Then he backtracked on that. Mm-hmm. Um, You don't have to disclose if you don't feel comfortable on the podcast, but how did you guys get John McAfee?
1: Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. His wife, Janice. Okay. Uh, I actually emailed her because they put out a thing. They said, anybody who wants to do interviews, email Janice. And she'll get back with you. I never thought she would even respond. She I just, did. She did. She responded. She was like, "Sure, let's do it. We'll I was like, "Holy shit, we got John McAfee!" <laughs> I told I told my co-host, and he was like, "Who?" I was like, "McAfee." He was like, "Oh shit, Anti-verse. yeah, good. yeah, we got McAfee. We got back because he's one of those people. Where, like when he talks, he just says the craziest stuff. Because he's, in my opinion, one of the freest living people ever. He made, he's like, I could do hundred, yeah, he made hundreds of millions with McAfee. Sold the company, and then he's been traveling the world. He's kind of been on the run. Sort of been on drugs sort of been doing stuff he's a character he's just (laughs) just been everywhere yeah he has his own documentary if you haven't when uh, you know i kind of
0: fangirled out when i saw that i was like oh my gosh he's he's very pro pro bitcoin oh yeah
1: yeah definitely i mean he's pro bitcoin pro crypto pro freedom so to say and that's why that that interview was so amazing because he actually i've never seen an interview he went back to when he first started as far as like in tech and just describe the whole process forward into why he got into Bitcoin. And if you see somebody that's that smart, even if he is, you know, sort of crazy crazy. in your mind, (laughs) if you see somebody that smart and then they they come to the conclusion that Bitcoin is the way, you probably want to listen to him. And on top of the fact that, of course, you know, he's had his ways, but uh, like you said, his his ability to come out with stuff like I'll eat my own dick before (laughs) December... Like, people are like, all right, well, time is ticking. Uh, we got a few more months. But yeah, for those of you interested, that was a bet he made that by de- December of this year, Bitcoin would be a million dollars. So we'll see. And honestly, of course, it's not, I don't think it's going to happen. And your but podcast is The Gentleman of Crypto. Th- the Gentleman okay. of Crypto. Yep. Uh, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Uh, so yes, he came on, he he did his thing, and it's great because we need those type of personalities, in my opinion, because it draws a crowd, it brings people in, and all press is good press when you first starting out.
0: Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I just thought it was hilarious that he was on there. Um, we need to wrap up, but I, have a, I do have a few things that I want to talk about. Um, first of all, we talked mostly about Bitcoin. I'm very bullish on Bitcoin, but I also believe in a couple other um, altcoins and, and some of the projects that are coming out there. What is your take on altcoins? How do you feel about altcoins? Are you in any altcoins?
1: Oh, yeah. So I have a few. Um... I always keep Monero because of privacy, uh, which is a coin that focuses on privacy and uh, the ability to send without knowing the sender or receiver. Uh, so I always keep some Monero. Uh, as far as the decentralized finance or DeFi uh, system, uh, I have been involved with Metronome before, which is a monetary system. You can actually purchase it through their converter daily. Uh, they have auctions and you don't have to ever use an exchange. So that's pretty good. You don't have to go to a third party. Pretty good decentralized Um and Litecoin, Ethereum, uh some of the top coins that are listed on something like CoinMarketCap. Uh I've I've had at least a hundred coins at one point. I kind of whittled that down <laughs> after two thousand seventeen, <laughs> down to about ten. Uh, but I only focus on about two or three outside of Bitcoin. And really, uh I think everybody gets to that conclusion. And for for the most part, I think the top coins will have a use case. Uh, but there's about five thousand a lot of coins. coins and a lot of them are shit coins they're never going anywhere but they are
0: and i think people get overwhelmed seeing all the coins on corn market no. cap and they're like oh which should i which crypto should i invest in and i agree with you i think sticking to the top coins is a safe is safe Absolutely. Investment.
1: even if you think you can't buy a whole whatever coin you can buy a percentage of a coin you can buy because some people will say well i only have a hundred dollars let me buy a, a million ripples or whatever or whatever the coin is and it's like no that's not how this works you, it, just because you can buy more shares of it doesn't mean that the coin is actually better do your research read the white paper, look at the community, look and see if the community even exists. Because sometimes people will get caught up in the fact that, oh yeah, I've seen some messages from the community. They got a telegram, but it's fake. It's bots. It's just, you know, they're manipulating you. So you got to do your research.
0: Correct. And I think, like you said, the top, coins are a safe investment and this is not gambling this is not speculative investing so these are literally
1: companies just
0: because you bought a million you know whatever coin you know but coin yeah exactly does it mean that you're going to be a millionaire if it goes to a dollar if it's like 10 cents so um the coins that you want to focus on are coins that have a a good case for adoption and Mm -hmm. usage and i think so um, it's not just about, hey, let's gamble and put a hundred bucks into Butcoin. Bitcoin.
1: <laughs> exactly. exactly yeah. And people were doing that so much, you know, red coin and whatever, ever coin came out. Was, yeah, <laughs> it's not that. Different. Yeah,
0: it's not that. So um, and Bitcoin is still the leader because it has the strongest case for a decentralized currency. So I Absolutely. think that's really important. Um, something I want to talk about before we wrap up is that not only is Bitcoin for everyone, um, as we've talked about quite a bit, but there's no political lines. And I think that is something that's very important because um, we're a very politicized country right now. We're a very divided country. And whether you're on the left, the right, the middle, the center, wherever, I think we can agree that uh, money for the people is a good thing. And so libertarians and people on the right really love um, Bitcoin for the freedom. And um, I think people on the left really love Bitcoin for the um, the, the democratized aspect of it and also um, staying away from the Fed, which has been known to cause, as we mentioned, a very racist, sexist, you know, inequality system and the inflation. I think you mentioned the inflation. We spent a good, good amount of time on inflation. I think that's so important because I don't think people really understand how inflation affects them on a regular basis. So um, I, th- I think that was awesome that you brought that up. Oh, um,
1: definitely. Appreciate that.
0: What are your political <laughs>
1: affiliations? Uh I don't really have any. I kind of stay out of politics oh. only because uh you know I think long term well just like I said as far as I've been growing up nobody in politics has really helped anything. Uh, no. it's always been economic for me. And you know That's it's, a good point. Yeah, I mean on the national level, I, there hasn't been a president or a congress or anything that's ever really helped anything in in the black community situation. So I haven't really cared too much for it. However, I think locally it is important to know who's in your city council, who your mayor is, who your alderman is, because they are the people that control your roads, they control the trash, they control your schools, Things they control the health care. Exactly. Things that direct you on a daily basis. And since most people spend about 80% of their life within five miles of their home, that's the area you should be focusing on. And national politics, to me, have always been kind of just – whatever it's, 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 it's theater and if you need any more if you need it's definitely theater. Say, if you need any more evidence we have a uh president who was on a reality tv show former wrestler so, exactly and i mean Reagan was a, a former actor like right? it's it's literally no with no political experience it's literally it's just a show and they may or may not do anything while they're in office but at in at no point has any president i feel like done anything for our community directly so you have to focus locally
0: that's true. And I think Bitcoin is a good um, example of that, is that Bitcoin can directly affect and change your life with the leverage, with the access to capital, with the peaceful protests, with the um, anti-Fed you know, and anti-inflation aspect of it. And so that is something that can directly affect you, whereas, you know, maybe focusing on, on the political aspect, maybe something will change, but it'll take 10 years. Yep, and so investing in Bitcoin right now is an investment in yourself.
1: Yep, absolutely. And yeah, as it's, it's a p- form of peace of protest, it's also leveraged with uh, p- politicians, and hopefully they'll take it as a donation at some point. That's I mean, awesome. they already do, but just straight Bitcoin, not taking it and then converting it.
0: I say it's been really awesome having you on the show. Is there anything else you want to talk about that is in your book? How can people get your book? Um, how can people follow you and support the movement?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, BitcoinInBlackAmerica.com uh, is where you can find the book. Also, on Amazon, you can purchase the Kindle and the paperback version. And there Which is. Which
0: purchase? helps you the most and you get the most money so you can convert it to Bitcoin. <laughs>
1: bitcoininblackamerica.com. Okay, well you then can go actu- there. You can, you can actually buy with Bitcoin on bitcoininblackamerica.com. Uh, the good thing is uh, I actually have a second book coming out this awesome. year, uh, which expounds on a lot of the uh, subject matters that we discussed before, as well as new subject matters people haven't talked about. So yes, uh, that book will be out this year. I'll be making that announcement soon, so... Look out for that.
0: That's really awesome. I think the word needs to get out there. Again, if you're listening to this podcast, um, check us out on outoftheboxpodcast.com. We are now on YouTube. Click on the subscribe button. I'm on Twitter at FunnyRosie and Instagram, OutoftheBoxRosie. Uh, Isaiah, where are you on social media? Uh,
1: at Uh On Twitter at BitcoinZay and on Instagram at Bitcoin Zay llc. Awesome. Watch out for scammers. <laughs> there are a couple that are impersonating me, so Bitcoin Zay llc.
0: They're scamming the social media not bitcoin not bitcoin exactly <laughs> they're asking for bitcoin because it's so secure mm-hmm. and Absolutely. so valuable mm-hmm. um and guys check out his podcast on youtube five days a week the gentleman of crypto with his partner in crime and check out that back in interview <laughs> please watch it it's, it's
1: one of the greatest interviews i've ever seen not just because we did it but it's just it's great
0: he is a character for sure guys this has been out of the box podcast with rosie tran thank you